Author of Hidden History, Crimes and Cover-Ups in American Politics, 1776 to 1963, and Survival of the Richest, Donald Jeffries separates the real from the unreal. Fact from fiction. Fact from fiction. Reverse engineering our manufactured reality. And now, from just outside the swamp-infested Washington, D.C., this is I Protest with Donald Jeffries. And welcome to I Protest. This is Donald Jeffries here with you. We have a couple great guests. I think we're going to have a couple great guests today. Um, you know, I've been covering the uh, the January 6th uh, really, uh, travesty that has been going on with the political prisoners we have in Washington, D.C., but not all of them are in prison, thank goodness, but they're still facing potential prosecution. And uh, the first guest today uh, is a guy who I met met in a cyber sense on uh, one of my Twitter spaces. He came into the space as J6 Anon and uh, was talking a little bit about it. And I said, well, I got to have you on the show. And now he's he's having his real name here today. Eric Clark is with us. He was there uh, on January 6th. So he's going to tell us his story and what uh, what his legal situation is. Eric, thanks so much for joining us. Thank, thank you, Don. Well, my pleasure. So uh, why don't you, because we were hoping to have Victoria White uh, hopefully she's going to be joining us soon. But why don't you uh, just give us an idea of what uh, what happened? What I don't know where you traveled from to go to Washington D.C. that day, and uh, what what you saw and everything. What your situation is uh, now and afterwards? Yeah, so I was sort of compelled to go to Washington D.C. Right, I, I sort of knew I had to be there. I, I had initially planned on taking a Greyhound bus. But uh, like I had started this planning early, you know, taking vacation from work, looking for the bus schedule. But I'd, I'd come across somebody on Facebook that lives in Ohio that was coming through Kentucky to pick a couple other guys up. And uh, he volunteered to let me carpool with him. So, so we carpooled all down there together. And I got there on the 4th at, that night. You know, the first couple of days, I went and saw some speeches, talked to Dr. Simone Gold in front of the Washington Monument. You know, saw the sights. And uh, on the morning of the 6th, we arrived down there early at like 6, 6.30 in the morning. You know, we, we, we had initially hoped to get into the ellipse, but at that early, there was already a line back to the Washington Monument. So we find us a good spot about 50 yards off the road, just outside the ellipse, where there's a huge jumbo truck set up. We can really see it good. And uh, we, we stayed. We watched the president's speech. And uh, afterwards, we started walking towards the Capitol peacefully, like the president had asked. It was uh, a spirit of patriotism in the air and prayer. You saw a lot of people with very uh, outspoken, you know, things pro-Jesus, pro-life, anti-CCP. It was just a very patriotic spirit in the air. There was no signs that it was going to end up being what what it's portrayed as in the media. So we get we get down there, and I got down there fairly quickly, right? So after Trump's speech ended, it for the next 30 minutes to two hours, people are trickling in down to the Capitol. I got down there in about 20, 25 minutes. I, I'm a fast walker. I've just always been a, a quick guy, right? The gentleman I went with sort of had to jog to keep up with me. And so, so I, I get there about 25 minutes after Trump had finished speaking. And uh, when I get to the Capitol, right, the the crowd is all the way already up to the top of the Capitol steps. There are people already up 
climbing the tower already up on top of the tower that that press tower type thing they had set up i guess for the inauguration or what have you uh, oh can you can you hold just a second eric i, I see uh, certainly victoria certainly. is there victoria victoria hi i, I, I was trying to get my bluetooth to work oh, no, i i'm glad you're here and I, I you know i hadn't scrolled down so, far enough were you sitting there too long I hope, I hope you weren't sitting there too long were you no i was having a little bit of my internet okay we're breaking up a little bit so we're, we're going to introduce you in a second eric go ahead and finish your story and then i'm going to let you uh tell us all about you victoria okay go ahead eric okay so so we arrived there at the capitol and like i said there was no no Nothing stopping you from getting all the way up to the top of the Capitol steps. And even if you, I guess if you so chose, climbing up that tower and getting on that scaffolding or what have you. No, nobody was saying don't do it. There were no fencing, no signs, no nothing to stop you. So I tell the people that I'm with, they're, you know, a bit worn out from the, their jog there, my fast walk. And they want to stop right there at the corner of the reflecting pool. I believe it's at the Peace Monument. It's on the front side of the Capitol. I don't want to get that wrong. I don't really know peace monument but they wanted to stop there at the corner of that reflecting pool and uh well, i told him i was going to get as close as i could right i'm going to get up as close as i can get well, as close as i could get was all the way up the top of the capitol steps right there there's a, a thin line one, one thin line of capitol police and a bunch of protesters and, and some of them are you know a, a bit angry about the election interference and what have you and, and other things and but there's no physical confrontation going on at least not within my sign of you know field of view uh but when i get all the way up to the top of the steps i let, I let out real loud this hoorah it's a, it's a marine corps thing and a tall gentleman in brown with a red maga hat comes up to me and he bends down and he says uh semper fidelis devil dog we got to hold this crowd back a little bit longer or they're going to expletive up the plan I'll keep family friendly, but that's not he didn't say expletive, obviously. Right. But, but so I it made sense to start chanting back to blue, back to blue, because it did make sense that that is what we do. It's what we've been doing, supporting the law and order, right? It's it's not only the American thing to do, it's the Christian thing to do. Uh so I start chanting back to blue, back to blue, and we're up there for a little bit, and there's pepper spray now coming wafting down from the other end. <clears throat> And I get a little bit on my face. At one point, I step down, wipe it off, step back up there. And it's just a few minutes pass, and somebody comes up from behind us and sprays a fire extinguisher all over the place. And I thought it was more gas. So I sort of jumped back out of the cloud. You know, everybody did in that little area. And uh, realized that this isn't gas at all. I don't know what this is, right? Because I didn't. Now I've seen in footage that it was someone with a fire extinguisher. So I go back up to the top of the Capitol steps and I'm seeing Mr. Epps this whole time. He's marching back and forth between the line. The, 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 the tall gentleman in all brown with the MAGA hat. Well, about a year later, I saw an attorney for some other J6 defendants looking for information about this guy. They had his picture up there in his name. And that's when I found out that this gentleman was Ray Epps. I'm so, sorry. Go, go ahead. Right. So he's going back and forth between the protesters and the police. And at that time, to me, it appeared as though he had an obvious, uh, an obvious sense of, there was an obvious sense of authority, right? That he had over both 
the Capitol Guard, and many of the people that seemed to be like rally goers right there that were right up there in the front, right? When he would walk by, they would stop there antagonizing back and forth both ways. And I only know this from footage, right, from looking at it. But even where he was at, where, right in my direct line of sight, you could tell, right, everybody sort of backed up as he came through, back and forth, back and forth. At, at one point, he grabs a gentleman out of the crowd and says something to him. I didn't hear it. That gentleman grabs two other guys, and they all step up there, and they march back and forth one time with Mr. Epps, and all the Capitol Guard pull back, Epps makes a beeline down the stairs and out of there, and those three gentlemen that he just pulled up out of the crowd make a beeline directly over to this four-foot by four-foot by four-foot concrete structure. It has like a green tarnished copper lid on it. They pull that right off. Mind you, 90-something percent of our government's in the building. Uh, you would think security protocols, you know, would... Because what was under this green hatch was another, like, gray. And it was unlocked, and they opened it, and they start pulling out a two-by-four, uh, a 12-foot piece of tubing that I saw. Uh, it's like a three-foot wooden ladder. And at that point, I looked down in it, and it's like a small little tunnel, like a narrow little tunnel, cross-space looking. It's wet wall access is what it is, if you know anything about construction. <laughs> wet wall access. So, so I was like, I don't want any part of whatever this is. And I sort of followed the crowd up those steps over to my left and towards the upper West Terrace towards the Senate wing. When I get up there to the top, right, I'm fairly up to the bottom of that ramp that leads up to the doors, and there's a girl there. She's covered in pepper spray, and she's trying to latch on to people for help. She grabs me. She asks me, she, you know, I can't see, I can't see. So I sort of pick her up, carry her back down to where my friends were at, at the reflecting pool, and we wash her eyes out. I asked her, you know, did she want to go back up? I was going back up and getting as close as I could. At this point, I already I already knew, right, from what I just saw approaching the Capitol and, there, and everything's already out of control, everybody up to the top of the Capitol steps. And then the, what I saw with these three gentlemen going directly to unsecured wet wall access, I knew that this was staged and it, it was pre-planned most likely by the people inside. And I just wanted to be up to the front to really see what was going on and to make my voice heard. So I was, I went back up at that time is I went back up as they were a group of people were bringing that huge flag that you saw they draped over the scaffolding at some point Well, they're marching up through the crowd with that flag. And I'm right up at the front with them. I go back up to the top, to the, to the Senate wing, to that little, what courtyard up there and the, the crowd is all just pushing forward pushing forward and i ended up right getting pushed right into the capitol pretty much i mean i was walking forward but there was no walking back at that point everything was shoulder to shoulder yeah and you can even see in the footage when i first come in i didn't know what to expect right it looked like there was a possibility for violence to erupt. And I sort of wanted to, I didn't want to be a part of that. I came to be peaceful and prayerful, you know. Uh, I even wore a Guy Fox mask, right? And, and not for any other reason, but to say, I'm here representing not myself, right? Not just myself. I knew that there were a lot of people that wanted to be there that couldn't make it, right? So that was the whole point of it. Once inside the building, I took the mask off. I posted all my video on social media as soon as I got home. I, I wasn't trying to like hide my identity or anything of that nature. Like probably some 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 of some there with their masks 
that was probably their intent. Right. So, so, so we're was was well. Go back to what, what, what and yeah. Well, no, actually, okay, just keep ahead. the keep the keep. No, I just wanted to say because you mentioned Ray Epps earlier. So right. You so you you you, you, inter, you interacted with him. So he, he's right there next to you. So you actually had interaction with him. I did. I did. And my my initial my initial reaction to Mr. Epps, my first impression was he's a huge, tall mountain of a man, a fellow Marine. I, I took that from the Semper Fidelis Devil Dog after my hoorah right. cry. And he's just trying to de-escalate the crowd. Of course, I didn't see Mr. Epps participating in pushing that huge Trump sign up through the crowd and taking down fencing and signs with another team of his that, you know, I, I've seen in footage and heard about as well. Right? I, I didn't know who this gentleman was at the time. That was just my first impression. Like I said, it was a year later in a social media post when I connected a face to a name and all these we, other accounts. We, ha we have Vic Victoria. Can you hear us now? You can okay. Can, can I can't? Can I hear you? Let's to say something. I can't hear you. Something told me that was going to. Can you hear I me? Sorry. Now I can hear you. Okay. You, okay. Okay. That's great. So I hope you know my word. By the way, do you, do you were you did you guys run into each other that day? Were you did you see each other at the Capitol? Eric I don't and, think uh, so. Okay. So. Okay. Well, there's a lot of people there, obviously. Okay. Yeah. So Eric, so Eric, and then Victoria, I'm going to give you time to tell your whole story because both stories are fascinating, but you're inside the Capitol. You got pushed inside. So what happens then? What did you, obviously you didn't, because there really wasn't, I don't say where the violence was, at least not on the part of the protesters. What did you witness there and how did you end up, did you end up getting arrested or how, what happened? Eric, this is you, Eric. Oh, oh yes, yes. So, yes. So, like I said, I came home and I had been posting everything on social media. I started seeing, you know, immediately days after people getting arrested. I, I knew they were coming eventually. I left my door unlocked every morning so that they didn't have to kick it in. And, and on March fifth, they came and you know they already carried the battering ram up the stairs. They were, I guess, going to use it, so they went ahead and kicked it on in. And uh, they took me downtown. About 30 of them were here in my house. They locked my son and his daughter and my one-and-a-half-year-old granddaughter in a bedroom for two hours while they searched my home when all they took was a Guy Fox mask and a Trump sweatshirt and my electronic devices that were all right on my desk in my living room. But uh, I, I, I wasn't really as overwhelmed by the use of force as most January 6th defendants have been. Of course... My history isn't the same, right? I'm four and a half years sober from, from pretty serious addiction issues. And uh, I'd had a lot of running with the laws, with the law in the past. They had reason to believe I may, you know, try to flee. So I, I sort of understood their overwhelming use of force. Well, you're, you're very magnanimous to, to believe that. So, so where do, after they arrested you, so where, so did you spend any time in How did you avoid four the Four hours. That, I don't four, know. Honestly, yeah. I do not know. Because you could you could still be there, right? I mean, these right, people are there a right, year and a half and later. Yes, yes, and and you know that that weighs on me at times. But I, I just have to remember that God has a reason that He's put me here, and them there, and I don't have to understand that reason, right? I just have to 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 do the next right thing every day. Oh, well, 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 we're gonna go. We're gonna go and, and catch up to where you are now and what you may still have to fear. But let's let's get Victoria. Victoria White. I've been trying to get her on the show, and boy, we just 
We've had problems galore. Now she's here, and I think we can hear her <laughs> and see her. And uh, she is uh, another person that was there at the Capitol on January 6th, as so many were. And I like to try to talk to as many of these people as I can. And she faces really a, a, a terrible possibility of an incredibly long prison sentence for nothing, really. So, Victoria, why don't you tell us your story, how you got there, where you came from, and uh, what you saw that day? Um, how I got there... Um, I went with some friends. We drove straight, took turns driving, and um, we drove from Minnesota to Minnesota. D.C. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. And so what, what, once you got there, uh, what had point? Because you you were accused technically of being in the Capitol, but you really weren't. I mean, they, they, you were just like beaten up in a tunnel by some cops, right? So t- talk about your experience of that after the speech. The surge is going towards the Capitol. Everybody's excited because Trump is, you know, supposed to be there too. So you're going yeah. there. I don't, but I, I don't think you're thinking of overthrowing the government. Uh, you're you're just trying to make them aware that you're this. There's there was a lot of fraud in this election. So tell us what happened after as you're marching towards the Capitol. Um, we were like some of the last people to leave the like ellipse area. Like we took our time. Um, I. It was myself and um, uh, and four other people. And um, my good friend, Larvita, she wore some really high heels, like boots. Um, so, you know, uh, we couldn't really um, go that fast if we wanted to because, you know, we didn't want to leave her behind. So, um, and she saw like Pete Higseth in the street interviewing people and he asked her to, to come over because they know each other. She was one of um, the few business owners in Minnesota who stayed open despite like um, our governor's, she was actually the first person, um, our governor's like uh, mandated lockdowns for business owners. So um, they were like in a legal battle. So she's well known. And, um, um, anyway, so, you know, it, it, uh, uh, started off as a, uh, you know, the, the ellipse was a good time, a happy time. It was cold. It was freezing. Uh, and, um, like I tell everyone, like I didn't have a backpack. I didn't have a purse because we were told, um, like early that morning before we ever got into DC to, um, not bring backpacks or anything because we um, could get VIP or close to VIP, but you'd have to go through security. So it'd be like any other like Trump rally, you know, where you go through security, you can't have lighters or anything like that. So we, we went just with our coats and um, our IDs and things like that. Um, So we were just there to see Trump, you know, I had no idea things would turn out the way they did. Sure. Well, but as you're marching, so you feel how did, so you're marching towards the Capitol. You, I guess you start seeing, as Eric did, you start seeing maybe things get out of hand. Did, did you see Ray Epps? Did you see any provocateurs out there? Uh, it by the time like stuff, something must have happened. I don't know what happened. Like, again, I, I'm not even sure what time it was. By the time, like, before we even got to the Capitol, we um, there were like a group of people that had run, ran back 
to another group of people. I don't know if they knew each other or not, but they said something was happening at the Capitol. And so um, one of my friends and myself were like, we'll run ahead and see what's going on. And, you know, never in our wildest dreams did you would could we have believed or thought that something like what was going on was going on. Um, as we ran closer to the Capitol, there were no blockades. There was no sign saying, don't um, come here. None of that. All you saw was massive amounts of people. And then what looked like smoke coming up. And we're like, oh my gosh. Um, and we just like ran, you know, uh, up there. And we're just like, I don't know, uh, like what's going on, what's going on. It, never in my wildest dreams that I think it would be like that. So, but you never, you got up to there and, but you never actually went inside the Capitol building until technically later when you were getting beat up, right? Um, they brought me in the Capitol building. The tunnel is just like this entrance thing. I thought yeah, it just went yeah. up to the next level. Yeah. yeah. I had no idea. It's like the Capitol entrance, uh, but they took yeah. me in there. I did not go in willing, willingly. Now, who are you talking about? The police took you in, right? Yeah. Well, describe, like, describe it. Describe about what you saw there. How how did they? I mean, how did they get to the point where they're getting an altercation with you and 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 beating you up and forcing you into the uh, technically into the Capitol? Um. So after I stopped two men from breaking the Capitol window, yes. like I, I physically like stopped them, and then I got scared for my own life, right? And I'm thinking. I've never told this full story, but I'm actually going to do it right here uh, for you because. I, I I don't have a chance in court just because it's all corrupt. So I'm going to tell you what happened. There's even video evidence. I've never even told a uh, attorney. So what happened is, and when I admitted after the altercation, right, with those guys and me trying to stop them, then I became scared. And then I see the crowds all, I, I, I look up, there's this big dude, I won't say his name, but I, I, could, I know his name, from Minnesota. You, you can't miss him. So I'm like someone I know because my friend and I had got separated. And so anyway, um, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go up there because you had this level that we're at where the window in the tunnel area is. You had to go through at least from where I was coming from straight down up to that level. You had to come through an enclosed doorway. OK, so you had to go through this enclosed doorway to get inside to get I mean, up to that level. And that's the way I took. So I assume where I see this archway, I see all these people trying to get in. I'm assuming they're trying to go to that next level where you look out and basically you're at the top. And that's where I saw this guy from Minnesota. And I'm like, okay, if I go through that tunnel, I'll be safe. Because these men pulled me off of the guy trying to break the window. And automatically when I see them trying to break the window, I know it's like, provocateur we've heard time and time again of infiltrators and and and, and whether it was antifa or it was blm or whoever they were not it, so well let's let's so the audience so the audience understands you're trying to stop whoever it was probably agent provocateurs yeah. but you're, you're try, stopping yeah. them from breaking the window and the police yeah. are not interested in them breaking the window they're not trying to they try to stop you and that's when you got in trouble with them well the thing is, is there was like no police right there it's all just people and, and mm -hmm. so I'm seeing the people in the archway because after I tried to stop them, these guys pulled me, physically pulled me off. 
So I'm scared for myself. Okay. Like I, I'm going to get myself killed. So I focus my attention on, you know, fight or flight, flight. I get to the point where I'm, I'm not going to try to like save the building. I'm going to save my life and go up to that next level. So all these people are pushing. I'm pushing to go. So when I said that, yeah, I confess, I push. Yeah, because I'm pushing. All these people are pushing. You can't breathe. And this is even before I'm in the entryway of that tunnel. Someone is like, there's women who are like little old ladies, like just trying to get through. And it, it, it's crazy. So someone said they need a water bottle. I hand, I go to hand this person a water bottle and I step down. It's on video. I step down. And next thing I know, when you're down on that part where it goes into like the tunnel, right? The mouth of the tunnel, you're stuck. You're stuck. It's either push forward, push back. Everyone's pushing everywhere. You can't breathe. I, I, I'm fighting to stay up and not be trampled. And then next thing I know, I'm in the tunnel because everyone from the outside is pushing people in and the police are pushing this way. And then you realize, oh my gosh, like there's a whole mess of police in here and, it, and spraying. And then next thing you know, I get beat on the head and I get maced in. I my I had took taken my coat off and tied it around my waist because I was like feeling that much suffocated. And then and it had my cell phone, my ID, everything like that. The little bit that I did bring, it was in there. And um that's when um you know that whole situation. Next thing I know, after being beaten, I'm being ping-ponged, basically pushed between police officers into the Capitol. <laughs> So the police, like the, police the, were, the police weren't out where theoretically they should have been trying to stop whatever was going on. They're they're waiting in the tunnel. And then when you get in there, they're, yeah, they're effectively push, pushing you into the Capitol. Wow. It, yeah. Well, it seems like they're trying to push you out at first, but then you're getting beat and whatever. Next thing you know, then I don't know why just me. They pushed me into the tunnel and took me from, you know, like they pushed me into the Capitol is what I should say between each other. It in put my hands by my back and took me into the Capitol, and I had lost my shoes. I was sock, sock, stock, stocking footed. I had um, blood was all on my face, and uh, from the stuff that I can see, that's not public yet. The little bit that I I've seen, which isn't much, uh, uh, and even some of the video that was released from Kyle Fitzman's trial, if you. If you like ha play the video slow and you can see the blood on my face like this and my hair all in my face. So, well, so, and you're talking about the video. There's apparently 14,000 hours still uh, of uh, yeah. a video that hasn't been released. Do you suspect that there's more clearer footage of what happened to you on that video? Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially the body cam. I'm in a argument back and forth right now with the, um, prosecution because I um, am completely pro se. You, they, they're trying to get me to have standby counsel, but I found out I was going to do that. But then after I found out that if I have standby counsel, all the discovery goes through them and I can, right. you know, I don't want that. I want to see everything. I want to see it's my discovery. It, yeah. it Exculpatory, all of that is Brady um, versus Maryland. It, it's by right. Uh, I should be able to see that and have that. Well, it's hard to trust any of them at this point. So I'm going to give you a chance to go through the whole, where you stand legally and, and what led up to this about you trying to represent yourself. Eric, 
first though, I want like after what happened to you, the police come to your home. You spend four hours in jail. You said, which is I guess four you're more hours. fortunate, four more fortunate than most. But uh, so where do you? At what point after that did they did they send you something and did they serve a summons on you? What they told you, or did you learn that you might be prosecuted? And what what kind of penalties are you facing? And do you have an attorney? So I had a public defender, right? Yeah. So first off, I, I live in the Western District of Kentucky, according to right the, their federal map. So their holdover is in a little rural county in Oldham County, and the corrections there were extremely kind to me. They brought me a phone, free phone call every 30 minutes until I got a ride home. I was only there four hours because that's how long it took me to get a ride home. Uh, I believe that it would have been different here, right? Because nobody that was charged here in Kentucky was held longer than like three or four hours because it's a commonwealth and they put us directly in front of a judge here in the Western District of Kentucky, a federal judge. Like within immediately, as soon as we were arrested, they had it in front of a judge. And and so they gave that those federal judges here in Kentucky, I think there's actually only one in this district, maybe a couple. But anyway, he let us out on conditions of release where we can't own a firearm, can't leave the Western District of Kentucky without three days prior notice, can't move without permission, can't leave the continental U.S. Just typical you know, conditions of release, really. And so I've been quite fortunate in that regard, right? Uh, now, my public defender doesn't, like the account that I just gave to you, my eyewitness testimony from January 6th, my public defender flat out tells me he doesn't believe it. His supervisors in the public defender's office don't believe it. And they're not moving forward with any type of defense where I say that there were any type of provocateurs within the crowd. He's willing to move forward with a defense like what Matthew Martin used, like Capitol Police let us in. There was no, you know, the, the, the people posted at those entrances with authority to allow entry gave us entry. Right. And, and I don't disagree with that, but that's not the truth of all that happened. Right. I saw with what I witnessed with my own two eyes as clearly the people in charge of security had to have allowed that to happen, right? You don't, you don't accidentally leave access to the Capitol building unlocked with siege props planted because they weren't even siege weapons. They were just props used to uh, wave around in front of the cameras. And maybe that little three-foot wooden ladder, maybe it was what they were using to climb up there to try to break that window. I don't know because I didn't see it in the footage, but uh, it looked like what was probably taken over to that window Victoria was talking about where they used to try to get up to that window to break it because it was elevated. Wow. So, so we're at this point, what are you in, uh, are you in danger of being prosecuted? Because you, I mean, um, no, I'm or, being, I have four federal charges. I'm being prosecuted. I, my, I saw, I had filed a threat of motion. I, I had that hearing earlier today and the judge allowed me to get rid of my public defender, but he wouldn't allow me to go forward pro se, right? He said, I need to at least try one more public defender. I need to have an open mind. I need to try one more public defender, right? So we'll do that. But my issue is my issue is the same as Victoria's. I want access to my discovery and my public defender actually has it. I can go view it if I'm willing to sign a non-disclosure agreement and I'm not willing to do that. And it's not even, I don't even think it's a non-disclosure agreement at this point. I'm pretty sure the judge threw out the government's case 
on the non-disclosure agreement said that they couldn't force us to sign them. Now it's actually a licensing agreement. So it's like, right. If I want to, if I want to sell something that has the Nike check mark on it, I have to pay this corporation, Nike, a licensing, sign a licensing agreement with them in order to do so. And that's what this is. This Axiom is a private corporation that set up the discovery database and they're making us sign a licensing agreement with this private corporation to get access to our discovery. Not only is it unconstitutional, it's absolutely absurd. Oh, it certainly sounds that way. So what... Do you know when you'll be going to trial and what what potential uh, punishment do you face? So uh, they delayed that I've had status hearing after status hearing, like the first one, the first status hearing has been delayed eight times for two months. This past time is when I told the attorney to file the Beretta motion uh, inspired by Victoria's own move to do so. Right. Because I've like been I've been uh, procrastinating for too long what I've known what has been inevitable. And uh yeah i haven't they're going to give me another hearing to update them on how i feel about this new attorney in two weeks and we'll, we'll go from there I'm, I'm sure they're going to keep delaying it till they can set a trial i'm sure they'll delay anybody like me and vicky and anybody else who's not willing to take their plea deals so they can if they can scare the majority of of, of, of us 900 now almost j6 defendants into taking these plea deals by advertising you know, just disgustingly, everybody's sentences and everything that's going on, right? They, they want to just keep pushing the negative and have our attorneys what, keep throwing plea deals at us so that they can what, make what, it what look like we, we're saying we did something wrong. And most right, of us right. there know we didn't do anything wrong. What they did was wrong, and it needs to be corrected. What what, what was the plea deal that you've been offered? Uh, unauthorized parading, it carries six months. The charges they've charged me with are two. Uh, unauthorized entry of the Capitol building, each carry up to a year, and two, violent entry of a federal building when I walk peacefully and prayerfully through open doors, which each carry up to six months. So if they, if the federal government chose to run it consecutively, the maximum would be three years. Uh, in my 25 wow. years as a heroin and meth addict, I commit way more than enough crimes in this blue city and got away with it. But three <laughs> years is peanuts, dude. Three, I'll go, I'll go do their three years for my country. Wow, that's that's well. That's uh, you know we're we're definitely rooting for you and hope that maybe somehow justice uh, prevails here. So Victoria, explain. And so after you, uh, you you did did you spend any time in jail? What what was the process where you uh, became subject to prosecution? Because you you weren't. Or did you go to jail at all? Um, it's kind of strange because I'm one of the few that. Um, so when they took me in the Capitol, they like kept me there for a long time like walking me around and whatever and um uh they were gonna like take us to the police station but they're like there's no place to take us out long story short uh when they finally did take us through the tunnel and um when i say tunnel the one with the train like the little track thing that has like bulletproof glass or something weird like that down below and when we come out um what what's the first thing that I see these big spotlights on these like paddy wagon things that they're going to put us in the back of and media. Now, how did the media get there? This is after um, it was, it was dark. This is, I'm, I'm guessing after um, the curfew and these officers inside the, the 
the capital didn't even know where we were going to go all this time. And last minute, they were told, take us out here. And I even did my own research and found video uh, that backs up my, my story. The same thing. Um, you know, I, I told my paid counsel when I had paid counsel, but they don't do anything. Um, yeah. So... Oh, wait, so, so, you, so I was had, taken to jail. I, yeah. totally have, I, I was taken to jail. So, yeah. Yeah. But yes. they let me go. They didn't charge. It was, you know, um, Eric, you know how, um, you know, I have a criminal background. I'm, I have, you know, me too. Uh, I have a felony and, and some misdemeanors. Just like, you know, I've I've grown from that. I'm not that person anymore. Ditto. Um, right. But, you know, the process of like when they book you in, it wasn't anything like that. They didn't take my fingerprints. No, no. They didn't take my they pictures. They asked my social security number like three times. They asked my name, where I'm from, and had me sign these papers. I didn't even read them because I wanted out of there so bad. And mind you, I'm still in my socks. I had lost my coat, and just a red turtleneck and jeans, and um, had been beaten and, and all bloody. So, yeah, that's how they were easily easily had my information. Yeah. So I knew right away I had to start. Yeah. Well, just just knowing the situation of all these people that are still in prison, I'm just kind of amazed at both of you that you both were were let out. So at least if you can look at any kind of silver lining here, at least you guys haven't had to put up with apparently solitary confinement and beatings. What the stuff we hear, we don't know because nobody's uh, really investigating at all. But I mean, there's so many people there. Do you both have? Do either of you or both of you have uh, friends or people that you know that are that have been in jail all this time? Yes. I, I I didn't know them before this, but I know them because of this. You met right. there, okay. Same. Same. A lot of the men in there, I, I, like some of them even call like prayer groups and what have you uh, and from jail. And you get to hear them talk and, and talk with them. And uh, it, it's inspiring. It's inspiring because uh, they sit in there and they, a lot of them, the ones you get to hear from at least, they sit in there and they're studying it. They're in a cell, right? 22 hours a day with nothing nothing but a Bible. So they're reading it. They're reading it and, and they're working out and, and they're uh, taking their salvation and their duty to their country very seriously in there. They're, they're holding the line. They're not get taking, for the most part, they're the ones not taking the plea deals, right? And they're in a the cell. So, uh, Right. I think I can hold that same line right along with them. Well, I admire I admire you guys, and I certainly admire those people that, that are not taking these plea deals because, I mean, it's so many people have that I've heard of, and even to the point I've heard, you know, really disgusting and very sad stories of people who, like, repudiated, you know, basically said they knew they were wrong, and now they burned. I guess you've heard of people like that, right? Yeah. And taking the deal, yeah. so. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, everybody has their own life situation. I understand that they have their own things they have to consider, their own ish, their own facts in their case that maybe I don't know, right? And, and I'm not saying that if you took a plea deal, you, you did something evil and terrible and whatever. I'm just saying that moving forward, we should really, really search our hearts before any more of us accept any of them. We, we should ask ourselves, if, if me saying that I did something wrong, is do I know in my heart that I'm lying on that day? Did I feel like I was doing anything wrong? And 
we need to really start considering that, right? A lot of us there had a lot of courage just to move up to the front and be witness to what happened. And we need to muster that back up. Well, I I hope you never uh, get as as some of those people have, because it's, I mean, I understand it's, it's easy for me to say if I'm not facing time in prison, but yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty ridiculous to to admit it because you you all did not do anything or right? you're expressing your constitutional rights you're supposed to have it and I'm just shocked you know I'm a civil libertarian I came from the left Mark Lane is the, the uh, Warren Commission critic was my early mentor I was a teenage volunteer for him uh, and you know I, I don't understand how there's nobody on the left no civil libertarians the ACLU all that. They should be up in arms. This is the greatest travesty justice I've ever seen. To be pe- having people in prison for a year and a half, uh, somebody like Victoria, uh, subject to maybe thirty years in prison for getting beat up by police and trying to stop somebody from breaking glass. This is horrific, and I don't see anybody on the left. And what, what are you? Well, I want to ask first of all, what are your families? How are your families treating you? Or have you have they abandoned you? Or are you being supported by your families? I go first, Vicky. Oh, okay. Um, I guess it it kind of depends on uh my my daughters never abandoned me. Um everybody else I, I you know it's just family situations on top of even just standing in you know when the lockdown happened and not going along with that stuff, uh yeah. divided families. So this oh, just yeah. added to it. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, I, I I understand that. So that, and that's got to be tough. I mean, I and I know what you mean. My family's divided. You know, my myself and my kids are the only ones that aren't vaccinated. So we've, you know, we, we weren't invited to a wedding. You know, that kind of stuff. And uh, nobody's going to come around our house at holidays. And it's it's very sad. How about how about you, Eric? Well, mine's been kind of mixed, right? So my my first reaction I got from my family when I got home was my my grandmother and my uncle. Right. I went over to their house when I got back and uh, I was very close to my grandmother and she had fallen ill. And they were very supportive. Right. Uh, They're actually the only people that knew I was even going to D.C. And then, of course, I went over mom and dad and I had called dad as soon as I went into the Capitol. And I had talked to mom when I heard announcements being made that Trump said go home. Right. I wanted to make sure I called my mom. And uh so when I got home and, and I'm telling them my account, what happened, and I didn't even halfway get started trying to tell them what my experience was before my dad just stopped me. He says, son, it's our house. You had every right to be there. I won't hear no more about it. Well, good. That's, that's, that's so, nice to hear. Yeah, that was, that was their point of view. But then I had my daughter, who was extremely, extremely liberal. Uh, she would come over every weekend so I could see my grandkids, but really so she could just berate me. And then after I was arrested, she went like six months. She didn't let me see my grandkids, would speak to me, wouldn't answer phone calls or texts. Uh, that the following November, November 2021, uh, my son-in-law suffers a vaccine injury, right? Gets a second shot and he starts having these SPPs, heart rate skyrocketing. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting in the, the parking lot eating one day, not long after this, because that's when his heart rate would rise. Like they had to chemically kill him and defib him to slow his heart back down and he had to wear he's 28 had to wear a wearable defibrillator i mean he, he had a drinking problem that he doesn't have anymore now which is good but he was also like trained mma worked out all the time he was a big fit man and uh 
so he was sitting in his car in the parking lot one day and he said he heard he heard a voice in his head telling him his doctors can't help you only i can and he thought it was god but he didn't believe in god him and my my daughter were both very liberal they didn't you weren't allowed to play gospel music in their house right they did they that much we didn't believe in god and so uh this experience led my daughter to calling me because she knew i had attributed my sobriety to my faith in god and I ended up giving him a copy of the Bible, and we started talking a little more and just kept it not political. Today, that's grown to we go to church together and pray together. Oh, oh. well, that's great. That's wonderful because you I've heard horror stories uh, where I, I know there's one case of a, a daughter that saw her mother being beaten by a cop on TV or something there and, and called the police and turned her in. And I, th I think the son turned his father in or something. I, I'm sure you've heard those stories too. I mean, I, yeah. I just can't imagine what that must be like. I mean, geez, to be betrayed by your own family like that. Ah. But it sounds like yours is uh, is much better now. So that's that's good good to hear that uh, you know, maybe God intervened in your life like that. That's fantastic. Especially well, with she's, the, or, she's got to watch the ideologies that she's been spoon fed by the education system and the people around her crumble and fall with the Biden administration and she's had to face right. some real truth. And my daughter has always been a responsible adult and an open-minded person, right? And a wonderful mother, right? She just had some liberal ideologies that gave her some severe TDS, which she's now completely over. Thank you, Jesus. Well, her husband going through that for the vaccine, that should have opened her eyes. Yeah, that, that, did, a, that did a big part. That did a, that did a lot. Right. Well, what 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 do both of you think? And I, I just wonder, because I mean, I, again, I'm really outraged by these J6 hearings. The fact that there is a J6 commission is ridiculous to begin with. But the fact that they didn't allow even token opposition on the commission. So there isn't even token Republican opposition. There's nobody there to ask any to represent the defense or whatever. But this is basically a prosecution of all of you, really. Anybody that's there and people that are in prison and not you're basically being prosecuted on national television. It's broadcast everywhere. How can, I mean, again, there's the ACLU is around and doing its job. They would argue that it's impossible for people like you two to ever get a fair trial. After the, how, how would you expect to get it? I mean, you, that, you must, I'm sure you can't watch any of it, but what are your thoughts on this ridiculous show trial, which is prejudicing every one of those people's rights to a fair trial? Um. I think it's it's it doesn't matter Republican or Democrat I, J6 this the worst it's totally the part that changed my heart uh thinking that there was going to be some help even from conservatives or Republicans or even Trump himself or or whatever the case may be is is the injustices done by those who are supposed to help us and from even within our own community um, and, and the fact that, the, that no other public, no one's speaking out. It, it's like, you have to look like you're united, um, for the greater good, instead of speaking out on, um, the enemies within, if we don't call out the enemies within it, it, it's, it's hurt us. I, I just, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Mm -mm. No. no, I mean, I, I can understand. I mean, it's, it's it must be because you you've and explain what you because you know your attorneys I know you and Lisa Belanger who I, I hope is watching uh, who's mm -hmm. the one who introduced me to you uh, who's you know obviously incensed as an attorney and she talks about that 
what, explain the process because she and I don't know that much about it, but I know that there are some apparently wolves in sheep's clothing attorneys that are supposed to be helping the defendants and they're really yep. not. Explain all that. What's it that because you have these obstacles to, to overcome as well? Yeah, um, I can tell you from my own personal experience, just um, uh, for instance, um, I I asked about like seeing my discovery and things like that. I was denied it. Um, some things happened. I found out some things about my attorney that he's working with this group and running a scam. Basically, they're making money off of January Sixers and one of his clients is one who's a political prisoner. I come to find out he hasn't filed a writ of habeas corpus for this January 6th political prisoner and was even called out by uh, leftists for not doing so, let alone he's also also was called out by other attorneys. Like, what? why are you not filing, filing this for him? Well, come to find out that, that he works with this fundraiser um, to in what what better way to get all this money coming in but to keep those men in there and profit off of them and um that's exactly what happened i went to fire him and i was supposed to have a court hearing he did not give me the link to the court hearing if i would have missed that court date it would have been a violation of my pretrial probation and i could end up right in jail and um luckily a leftist person uh, gave me the number directly to the judge's um, line so I didn't miss it. That's the kind of things. There's even worse kind of things going on um, besides not letting their clients see discovery, milking them for money, um, um, having them do massive interviews and, and, and again, pushing, pushing, pushing uh, donations. It's, it's not even about, they take on so many clients January 6th related, the ones who, who do, um, that I don't know if there's conflict of interest with some of those cases. Like for instance, mine had one individual who's a well-known individual, not, a, not, not, no charges were filed against the well-known guy, but he went to the J6 committee and he's his attorney, but yet he's representing uh, other January 6th clients. Um, there's a whole legal thing i'm sorry i'm a little nervous so i'm kind of all over the place but um no yeah. you're, doing, you're doing a fine job and, but uh, so what, what do you think though of it i've been very critical of uh donald trump for uh all the money he's raised 200 million dollars or something like that to me uh, a nice chunk of that should be sent to all of you to hire really good attorneys i mean is, is anybody talking about that because he, i mean that's that's that seems to be the trouble i mean i don't know what even with great attorneys i don't know what you can do because right. the system's so corrupt that's but. exactly what it is, it is that's corrupt. exactly what i was gonna say yep and, and and not just that even if donald trump is a good guy is they would use that to try to attack him see i'm kind of iffy i i believe that he was probably yeah, controlled true. opposition from day one it just you know the fact is is he's promoting some really bad people and has yet to yeah. uh, denounce them. And, and um, yeah. something's wrong. Something don't smell right. And he's still pushing the vaccine. I have an issue with that. Yeah. I have a commission. Okay. Well, but, but here's what I'll say. Right. So everything doesn't have to look right. Right. I don't put all my trust in Donald Trump. I think what Victoria said that, uh, 
it doesn't matter how much money he threw at it when you have a January 6th committee corrupting the jury pool, right? And the only people watching it are the people that are going to end up in our juries in DCs. The rest of us are laughing at it. Uh, it's ridiculous, right? The, everything is biased and stacked against us. We know we're going to get convicted. It doesn't matter if we have a $250,000 lawyer. It doesn't matter if we have a PD or if we represent ourselves. What we, we, we do need to do is see our own discovery, all of it against us, build the most airtight cases we can build, as many of us as possible, and one of us, just one of us, get that case through appeals, get it denied by the same circuit of judges, and get it in front of a Supreme Court justice. Right? Even if just one of us do that, and, and we can make a grounds for entrapment, for fed surrection, like we know it all was, was Antifa and BLM slightly as, as involved as well? Most likely, but probably as paid agitators by the federal government. <clears throat> right. Well, and that, that's what I, I would, I think your probably best chance, uh, believe it or not, is the Supreme Court. If there's I think some that's way our to... only chance. Yeah, right? yeah. And I don't can... think there's any amount of money that anybody can throw at it that can fix it. I really don't. I think that the best thing yeah. that people can do is... Be a poll watcher, be a poll worker, be an election officer, run for office, get as involved in your elections as possible. Because as rigged as they are, this is something we know about bureaucracies, right? The more you flood them, the more you flood them, the more you overwhelm their system and eventually it breaks. And people get through the cracks that will do the right thing. It, it's how it's it works. It's it's like a call flutter, but let's pull a call flutter on conics fucking on, on conics poll worker selection system by putting so many poll workers into conic that it breaks and that they have to start doing it by hand the way they used to. Right. Let's put yeah. so many votes in the system that it breaks their fraud and well, at least exposes got, it and makes it obvious. Have you gotten any media attention outside of shows like this? I know Victoria, weren't you on Stu Peters? We had stupid. Yeah. I thought, yeah. So, so he's got a pretty yeah. big show, but outside of that, like, I mean, Tucker Carlson hasn't called, right? I mean, you know, because that he he has interviewed a few people in your situation, but he's about the only one. So you're not, you don't have anybody. Is local media interested in you at all? Have any any come by and said, you know, because obviously it doesn't seem like anybody in the beginning. About, in the beginning. In the beginning, yeah. But it's it back then. I I was iffy of all my local media's very um not conservative but just, you know actually yeah. it's okay because now i look at everything i've been through especially with the treatment of the political prisoners by the political prisoners and um people like marjorie taylor green just going in there for a photo op nothing ever came of that those men are still in there uh so yeah. to me politics means nothing they're the left right yeah. nothing they're the same thing they're if 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 Democrats and liberals really cared about police reform. I mean, seriously cared and and prison reform and that the fact that prison shouldn't be run off of um, a for-profit uh, uh, entity, then um, they would have really done something. Uh, but, and here's a chance here, right here, this is something if they really cared about it, they would jump on this. And the fact that now conservatives are calling this out and saying, Hey, you know, this is wrong. But nope, you don't hear nothing, none of that. It's all about every look over here, look at the gas prices, and then you hear, oh, Joe Biden, this. What about the people, the January 6th people? Nothing, yeah. except yeah. for if it's to 
raise some money or make yourself look good. Well, Don't I, I talk. I talk Neither about it all the time. To, to the, to, yeah, I, and I, you're right. And that's, it's, it's kind of like, uh, if you look at um, child abuse, if, if a child's being abused by the father, let's say, typically uh, they will look more towards the mother and blame them, the enabler, for not helping. And this is it. The Republicans in this case, I mean, you, you know that the, the woke Democrats are hopeless. They're the one pushing this. But the entire Republican Party should be, they should be down in front of the prison where these people are being held. They should be making this, but most all of them, except for Marjorie Taylor Greene with their photo ops and uh, Matt Gates, a handful, that's about it. Uh, even Rand Paul, I don't think Rand Paul's said much about this in the Senate. Uh, they should be, this should be a paramount issue to them. We have political yeah. prisoners being held in Washington, D.C. People like you are, are going to be subject to, especially you, Victoria, to a really long prison sentence that was. Uh, is so out of whack. I mean, you know, maybe, you know, uh, probation or something for that's ridiculous. Right. Well, I, in, in the, the original sentencing, like I, I was uh, charged with like six different charges, but it's down to four. So I'm indicted on four different charges. So I think the maximum is like 10 years for me. Uh, one is a felony and, and the other three are not. Uh, but I think given my criminal history added into it and the fact I will not take a plea deal. So that means I get the brunt of, of, cause I'm just assuming it's so corrupt that, you know, um, but I'm going to speak out in the meantime. And, and, um, I think it would be really wise for the left, um, to come alongside of this issue and, and uh, you know, really try to say, okay, this is something we can agree on. And let's get those guys out of there and, yeah, stop the abuse, definitely. That's my opinion. Well, the, the, the chat room is saying, first of all, there is somebody I, – I lost it now. Somebody was saying hi to you, Victoria. I guess they know you. Um, oh. What they're doing to these hi. people – well, the guy asked the exact – John Henry uh, 377 says uh, the same thing I've been saying. Why aren't the Republicans doing anything to help them? Absolutely, they're doing nothing. Uh, Jason Barker has been very active in the chat room. So what they're doing to these people is a warning to the rest of us. To shut up yeah. and obey. I will not. I mean, is that the, especially uh, what did you, you must have had a special imbue this, this, uh, you know, terrifying speech that Joe Biden gave last week with the, the, the blood red backdrop and the Praetorian Guard behind him. I mean, where he's basically calling everybody, you know, half the country, anybody that voted for Trump uh, a fascist or basically a, a thought crime. What? what uh, did you find that speech probably more terrifying than the rest of us did? Eric, me? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of take all that man's speeches with a grain of salt. I, I know I sound hopeful, but I kind of <laughs> think everybody sees what you're seeing, right? I really do. And maybe that's because of the experiences in my own life. Right. So if I get on Twitter, if I get on Facebook, if I get into social media or look at my TV, it's going to tell me, right, that people are buying into this nonsense out there. But if I if I realize that I live in a blue city right here in Louisville, Kentucky, and everybody around me knows I was in our capital on January 6th, everybody, they all know it where I work. I've had some managers that didn't like that and held it against me and made my time a living nightmare at work where I had to switch jobs quite a few times. 
right? So there are those individuals out there among the crowd, but the crowd, more people want to shake my hand than punch me in the throat. Well, I, and I, work, I work in a kitchen. I'm a grill cook. I work, you know, in in a, in where a t- where typical subcultures are at is in kitchens, right? And and that's only because I lost my job as a CNC machine operator and had to go back into the, you know, the, the type yeah, of job. Did, that did, I you, did you did you did you lose your job because of what happened on January sixth? Yes, yes. They canceled my vacation yeah, while I was on vacation in the middle of my vacation working as a CNC machine uh, operator. I have been in kitchens uh, for 20 something years and I applied for a kitchen job about six months into my sobriety. And the manager interviewing me said, Eric, you've changed so much about your life. Why don't you change your career as well? So I went to work at a factory, started out inspecting springs. And within six months, I was operating the CNC machines, making them. I've been doing that for about two and a half years, came January 6th. I put in for my vacation, got my vacation, was on my vacation. And then got an email saying my vacation was denied. Get back into work tonight. Get into work tonight or you're fired. And I didn't have a job when I got back home from vacation. That's just horrible. Yeah. Victoria, go ahead. Give you your perspective. Um, my my experience has been really different because actually I've seen a lot of compassion from the left, which is something I never thought I would ever see like especially toward me in my situation like with being beaten and stuff uh i've uh like even that guy that gave me the number to the court he didn't have to do that and it it could have easily i would have been put in jail but he didn't have to do that and he did and um and even just speaking out on what's going on inside the jail um and the whole patriot freedom project scam do not donate to them. Um, uh, the the liberal media is the one who got that story out. The, the the families of the political prisoners had to go to NPR because conservatives would not talk about it. And, and, and that just makes me all the more disgusted with them. It, it seems like people who call themselves conservatives and in these positions of, of, of fame or whatever you want to call it, they're the ones that are just in it for money. They don't, they're not like, they're not on the same level as the everyday average conservative person. They're, they're to me traitors because all they care about is money in their name and um, makes them no different than the Democrats and the, you know, politicians. I say Republican, Democrat, same thing. Politicians, they, they don't care about we, the people uh, at all. Well, it's in the midterm, in the midterm elections, every Republican should be running on what's happened to you guys. But they're, instead, they're running from it. There's very—I don't see hardly anyone that's running on that. I mean, some of them are running on other MAGA issues, but no. And that should be front and center. And Donald Trump should be building every one of his rallies around it. He should be talking about. It. He should stop talking about even electoral fraud. Start talking about what's happening to you guys. And it's—it's uh, it's just a. But you know, you have. I know from the perspective of uh, people that used to be my friends that used to support my work. And uh, they have just fallen in for this so much. I, you know, I think they want those people in prison executed. I think a lot of them do. They're traitors, you know. It's just, I, I see, you know, this is. How can you do, do you even do you even watch what's happened? But they, and they see, I'll get in arguments with them. All they 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 saw all you guys, you know, 
fight. They still think they'll still talk about cops being killed, which is ridiculous. None of them, none of them died at the hands of you guys. What what did you see in terms of that? Did you see? And I keep forgetting her name. All that. Well, Ashley Babbitt or the other woman, Ro, is it Roseanne? Roseanne Boylan. Yeah. Did 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 you witness either one of those really murders really at the hands of law enforcement? I, I I did not, but like my experience was a lot different than others. Like I said, I didn't I didn't eyewitness. I didn't see with my own eyeballs uh, any any single act of violence my entire time at the Capitol. I saw one person pick up a rock and throw it towards the window once we'd already left the Capitol building and we're outside in the courtyard and he had a mask on and pulled it back up. But that was the most, right? When I got back to my room, one of the other guys I'd went with had showed me some of the footage that he had captured and I saw a little bit of what had happened there in the Western Tunnel. And and my stomach sank, right? Because I didn't I didn't know. I didn't know that my, my flow within the crowd was a completely peaceful one. And that's what I saw around me was all peacefulness. The the moment we went into the Capitol, like I tried to get back back out real quick, I turned back around and noticed that guards aren't attacking anybody. Nobody's attacking the guards. People were upset, screaming, you're protecting pedophiles for a second, but that quickly became chants of we the people and we do not consent and USA and singing the national anthem and singing Amazing Grace. For about 45 minutes of that, and the Capitol Guard asked everyone to leave, and everybody left that wing. And that's the same wing they went in that, right, there was an initial group that went in right there in that first breach, and that was the group Ashley Babbitt was with where I went in. Like I said, I ran into that girl, and I took her back down to the bottom. So by the time I got back up, I guess Capitol Guard had already came back up and were sort of manning that door. And outside of my view, there were a couple people in front that had maybe pushed through them. And then we had gone back in through there. But by that time, Capitol Guard had stationed themselves like one or two at every doorway and office. And nobody was even trying to go past them. Right. So my view of the day was different than everybody else's in person. Now, 360 degrees looking back at all the footage. I mean, it was every I could see how there are tons of different stories from that day and accounts of what happened because it was such a massive crowd. There were like what seven entrances breached. Most of most a majority of all of which that the people just were let in, were let in. And precisely, I think I say precisely timed let in. Right. And then they caused a big spectacle in one area and used people like Vicky and Roseanne and Kevin Greason and Benjamin Phillip and caused death and disaster, right? To to capture something on camera that they could turn around and persuade people with politically, it's sickening. It's sickening that this is what the people within our government do, and Absolutely. something needs to change, right? And we owe it to to this nation, to this covenant that our Declaration of Independence makes with God, to try to do this the right way, the legal way, and and take back political control of our country. People in churches need to start standing up and running for office and stop all this. We don't talk politics. We need to take back control of our country, right? It, this is this is no movie. It's no laughing matter. It's no set back and wait for somebody to save you. It's get up and poll work, poll watch, election officer, run for office, talk to people around you, spread the truth. And turn off the stupid TVs when they lie. To Absolutely. That, where are where are the churches in this? Because you know the civil rights movement really ran through the churches. All I was the southern churches. 
I got I got home from January 6th, right? And nobody in my church made any big deal about it at all. Church of Christ, holy rollers, people call them. And uh, they, they had nothing to say about me being there. They all knew I went. But the day, the Sunday after I was arrested, I was disfellowshipped. I was told I need to make a public repentance for something that I did that I know was not wrong. It was right. God compelled me to be there. And I refused to make a public repentance. So they disfellowshipped from me. I go to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints now. And regardless of what yeah, people say about them, they believe in, Ameri in an American covenant and ha have some thoughts that I'm open-minded enough to look into. I've only been going a few few services and I don't really know a lot about them and I'm not promoting them, right? I'm just saying I've opened my mind to, to looking at a lot of different churches. Well, that, it, says, it says a lot more, that says a lot more about the church you're in than it does about you. But again, I unfortunately agree. that we see that, we see, we see that a lot because, but we saw this during the lockdown. I, one of the things that shocked me, I couldn't believe that there weren't, you know, the majority of churches just saying, we're not going to close down for Easter and opening up. And you saw nothing. And I, that's when I knew, man, we're in big trouble. If, if Easter Sunday couldn't get them to open up and they didn't. So I, I what, what do you think about the, all that Victoria? Um, actually, I'm one of the few that um, I had listened. I've um, listened to um, some really um, uh, smart guys that uh, there's Marxianity, like you know, uh, Christianity. The Marxists infiltrated not only schools and government; they also right. infiltrated the churches. Uh, since you know it was. Creeping socialism is what they call it. They were okay yeah, to do a little bit and a little bit and a little bit because what happened? Well, here's 2022. Here you see it. Um, it it's no surprise um, to me. Uh, if you look at history and you study and you, you look, these are tactics that that have been talked about, bragged about. These They use Sololinsky. They they use the art of war. They, it's, 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 it's mind-boggling that... Um, so many well-educated people um, didn't try to put a stop to this a long time ago. Um, there were many who spoke out, but I guess, you know, it's in my own personal opinion, what happened is that people became lovers of this world and the things of this world, and they became lazy. They, they, they wanted to look just to somebody else to take care of it. And that's a problem. That's why we're um, in the situation that we're in, and that's why I, I'm not. I am not looking for anybody else to. What happened to? Uh... Oh, hold on a sec. It said yeah, I had been I, removed. I, I'm I'm like, did I say something wrong? I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. I actually, I, I was moving this around. I think I accidentally clicked on you. Of course not. Sorry about that. Okay. I'm like, oh no. What, what did we miss when, when I when I inadvertently removed you? What, what did we miss during that time? That's a few seconds. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> two seconds. I, I don't know where I was at. Yeah. I, I, I think I don't know what people heard saying. whatever you're saying. But you're, you know, uh, this you, you have to get support from somewhere. And I, I you know, we have, how about Alex Jones? Is Alex Jones or anybody like that reached out to you guys? Absolutely not. No, I've always thought he was controlled opposition, just my opinion. Okay. Right. But right. maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But I'm just saying as, but as no. far where, you know, where is really you're. No. 
your, your opportunities for a big platform would be Alex Jones, Tucker Carlson, maybe Laura Ingram, maybe. Or Mike Lindell uh, or Worldview Weekend, yeah. Brandon House, A, you know. Well, yeah, there's a, there's, you have more opportunities. How about uh, Steve No one, Bannon, no one has reached out is what I'm saying. No, because yeah, he's yeah. got, he's got Cynthia Hughes up there who's running the yeah. money scheme. And talk uh, talk about, I hear Lisa, Lisa talks about Cynthia Hughes. Tell us about Cynthia Hughes. Oh, wow. Where do you want me to begin with that? Ugh. Yeah, uh, edu educate our audience. <laughs> I, to sum it up, Cynthia Hughes is the co-founder of Patriot Freedom Project um, for January 6th defendants uh, scam. It is a fraud. Um, the, her nephew is Timothy Hale Cuccinelli. Um, you know how they label all Trump supporters racist no this man is actually a racist i i dug i i stumbled across oh you you sent me you sent me a, a video with him, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah okay yeah, yeah yeah yes he's a he's bad and um so what's happening is is that um they'll they'll do these big uh talks on steve bannon and talk about how bad it is in the prison and jail what they're not telling you is that um Timothy runs that jail. I, I've heard people say there's like jail politics or whatever. Yes, but to the degree that you have a, a big fundraiser that's promoting you and backing you, um, his adopted aunt, this lady, and th this also is a question. Just I'm just throwing it out there. Timothy L. Cuccinelli, if he didn't do anything violent or whatever and just quote unquote walked in the Capitol, why is he even in that jail with the other guys? Why is he there? Unless... You know, could it be? Could he be an agent provocateur? I don't know. I'm just asking questions. You know, mm -hmm. the possibilities are, are are possible. I mean, he's yeah. I I have heard he's taking a plea deal. Okay. There there are those inside the jail who have taken plea deals in the sense that it's not it, it they they've signed on to take a plea deal. And that means they're working with the feds. Well, they're gonna make things tough for the other guys in there in the hopes yeah. that they can push them to take a plea deal as well. Um if um, these guys are physically assaulted by the other guys uh, for not going along with this or if they talk out about the fact that uh, the money, this money raised by Cynthia Hughes, it's not going to these people where they say it's going. She picks and chooses and it's usually based off of Timothy and if any of the guys in there he doesn't like or they don't go along with him, they're ex, you don't get any money. Um, and then not just that, it's, it's funding girls trips, okay? Remodeling homes of select individuals um it's a scam it's bad yeah. and, and and it and the feds know about it but they're not doing anything about it and they will not until after all of the january sixers are prosecuted why is that because they're working with the feds and cynthia's working her way up to trump she just made it to trump i told peter tipton from the get-go uh i sent him pictures like look she's here's all this evidence here it is she's working her way to trump because if they if Trump is good, okay, because I'm in the, I don't know where right now, but if he's good and the people around him are bad, this woman is making her way up to, toward him and it will be entrapment. It's going to set him up just like this other, um, I just saw it on an NPR, some other thing, some, some other fundraiser. They're trying to say something like um, fundraiser fraud or something for uh, elections with Trump. If they can't get him with all of that, this is setting that up. And the fact that Timothy is an actual racist uh, is everything that we're not. So, so either one, 
Trump is good and they're going to set him up and it's he's playing the people around him aren't saying anything. He's being played uh, or he's bad and he's controlled opposition. And he's well, doing this to make you, have, you have this guy, Timothy. Uh, is he related to Ken Cuccinelli? He's a, he, he ran for uh, he was an official over here in Virginia. He's, he was, I think he was associated with Trump for a while. It's not the really? only common oh. name. Yeah. Ken, Ken Cuccinelli. He was a national political figure. I don't know if you can be oh, related, but from New Jersey and a military guy in the Navy or not yeah. anymore, but he was. Yeah. Cuccinelli was from Virginia, but uh, I don't, it could be some kind of a relative, but why, why, you know, cause again, this is this, and this what makes people should make people understand there's always more there than meets the eye. Cause the whole gist of this is they're they're casting basically all of you as racist or Nazis or whatever, you know, they're, but here you have a guy who apparently is a really anti-Semitic or whatever that's in, in the jail there in Cuccinelli. It seems like they should concentrate their negative coverage on him. How is he? I don't understand how he can be like having favored status there. That makes no sense. Yeah. No, uh, you're talking about the, the guards? No, this, or this, who this are is, you talking about? You're Timothy Cuccinelli. He's the one that's the, the racist guy, right? Yes, but he has the money. That's what... The, these right. men in there, okay, let's let's take um for instance Ryan Nichols. Okay, he's I'm using him as an example, okay. Um he he he's buddy buddy with Tim, he goes along with them, right? He's maybe kind of muscle for Tim. So he he gets money for a high price attorney, uh Joseph McBride. Okay, Joseph McBride, obviously, he he knows about all of this. So does Julie Kelly. They pick and choose, like this is like you it it's so well, I want you, believable I, but I it's, want you to, it's real well julie kelly we know but i want you to talk about her in a minute because she's been on tucker carlson many times and we think we think of her as the only journalist that's exposing this stuff but, but joseph mcbride i know another joe mcbride but uh joseph i've heard lisa talk about him as well what what is explained uh, what's who and what uh, joseph mcbride is my ex-attorney the one i fired Your that, ex-attorney, um, okay. yep and he's a, a makes himself to be the greatest of the January 6th attorneys. But you have to like ask yourself, they talk about like Julie Kelly, Joseph McBride. They focus on specific individuals and push their story out. It's the, Oh, poor them. But they're at the same time, Joseph McBride attorney is not doing right by his client and filing what he should. But yet Cynthia Hughes is paying Joseph McBride this money. You see what I'm saying? But yet he's keeping mm-hmm. these guys in there to keep making money off of them. Sure. Sure. It's, Eric, what do you sick. what do you know about any, any of that? And it really uh, is. So I, I know that I applied for help through PFP like almost as soon as I'd heard about him. And I'm pretty sure it was within the first couple of weeks of them starting the fund. I applied with them about four times since and I've never heard anything from them. Right. I was offered some help here recently, here recently, when I've been more certain I was going to drop the public defender by uh, like a a prayer group I'm in. But it it turned out to be one of the people involved were Joseph McBride and another one, I think, was John Pierce. And I'm pretty sure that John Pierce is the guy that did exactly what Victoria is talking about to Kyle Rittenhouse, right? Tried to keep him in jail so that the fundraisers drew more money. Uh, I tend not to trust too many people that appear on the mainstream media as often as some of those yep. people do. <laughs> that's that's just me. Uh, they haven't extended any helping hand towards 
to, to me in terms of legal defense, and I've asked for it, but that, that's okay, right? That's okay. If I don't get it, that, that's probably a good reason for it, right? And I've heard enough negative about Joseph McBride in, in particular that I'm not going to go out and have him represent me and have Americans donating tons of money to some thing where they think it's going to help and a quarter of a million dollars of clients going to this man because he thinks he's worth it. Well, that's kind of ridiculous. The prices they're asking for us to pay are ridiculous. I mean, the cheapest attorney I've been able to find is 50 grand and, and he's way more than that. And he's like, Oh, I'm worth it. But I haven't seen you get anybody acquitted yet. I've seen you convince people to take some plea deals. You know, I yeah. personally told you what I eyewitnessed there and you don't, you haven't subpoenaed me to come testify in any of your cases. As a matter of fact, I talked to that, that post I saw where I put a name to a face with Ray Epps, the, the attorney that posted that. I reached out to him. He was an attorney for the Oath Keepers. All right. And I bring that up because they're in the media again now over their attorney. And uh, he's the one, he first enlightened me to the footage that he had found in the discovery early on because the Oath Keepers team has had it for a long time, access to that discovery. And this particular attorney, Mr. John Mosley, had had investigators go through it and had compiled a lot of footage of Epps and team working together, corroborating and going around the Capitol's entire perimeter, gathering up the green fencing, the signage, anything that said that you're, you know, there's no egress this day so that when we arrived, we would already be trespassing. Right. And this is all taking place while Trump is speaking. And then, so I reach out to him and I give him my encounter with Mr. Epps. And Mr. Mosley tells me there's some problems because my case is still ongoing. I have representation. He wants to move me into whatever Patriot Freedom Project. And I don't think that that's what it was or whatever it might have been. It probably was. I think it was. To my funding so that they could take my case as well. And three days later, Mr. Mosley was disbarred. And now you see Stuart Rhodes complaining that he wants new representation because his counsel refused, didn't refuse, just neglected to depose and subpoena Ray Epps like they have been asking him to for months and months and months. Well, you saw during the, uh, I think it was, was it Jim Jordan? One that was uh, questioning uh, Merrick Garland, I think, about Ray Epps in Congress and he brought, and, you can see they pretended they knew he was. They had no interest. They said, you've arrested all these other people that did nothing. Why aren't you going after this guy when he's it's documented on, on video? Much more than Jay, I, I haven't seen. Or Jade Sacker. Why haven't, she, why, why haven't they gone after Jade Sacker? She was in the building. She was in the building right next to John Sullivan, went in with John Sullivan, did all the things John Sullivan did, and John Sullivan was arrested. I mean, not that he shouldn't have been. He's probably one of the instigators as well. But I'm just saying it's a statement of fact. Jade Sacker hasn't been arrested, detained, questioned, charged. And we know she was in there. She was right there on the footage. What what makes her so special? She didn't enter. Even if she is pressed, she didn't enter the, the proper channels, right? Isn't that what they're saying? She didn't use the proper channels. Like, just like the well, same well, look, look what happened uh, a few months back with uh, Stephen Colbert, that may seem ridiculous, but they did do what all alleged to have done. They went yeah. in and they, uh, yeah. they, and I think they had altercations. I mean, and and they they made a joke of it. I mean, I was like, 
they weren't insurrectionists, though, but they, they, they did what they're accusing you guys. If that's a law, should that mean exactly. something for them as well? Yeah, should that be carried out exactly. equally across the board? Yeah, but that's, but it's, that's it's, a it's, problem it's, that we're seeing. We know that yeah. that's what, um, what's currently going yeah. on, though. I mean, and, and, and people in the chat brought that the, the, is it? Well, go ahead. I'm sorry, Victoria. Go. I was going to say, ahead, like, interrupt you. even, oh, it's okay. Like, even, um, Ashley Babbitt's mom and her husband, like they've had troubles with the attorneys even trying, they're right there should be an easy thing to sue and get all that stuff. But there was issues. It is something's really wrong that there's no attorneys whatsoever that are just straightforward, good. And this is their job. They're just, it's not there. Yeah. It's not happening. No, but yeah, that's well, a problem you're, you're... throughout the justice system though. At, 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 at a lot of different levels. Yep. Like as a, as a, as a life as a criminal, while I was an addict for them 25 years, right. I, I spent the grand total. Like I was arrested 32 times every time, but one, I was let out the next day. And the one time that I was let out the next day, I spent 12 days in jail and I was a criminal doing criminal things. Yeah. And I've just let back out on the street time and time again. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. And mm -mm. right, not not that I think I shouldn't have been offered early on, right? When the when the courts realized that my issues were stemming from substance abuse, I should have been offered or or even forced to, to at least attempt rehab, right? But I didn't even hear about rehab until, I mean, I was a single parent just worrying about raising my kids. I didn't know nothing about rehab or recovery. I just knew this is the substance I'm addicted to. I'm going to continue to use it. I got kids to raise. I got to work. I got to steal. I got to do all these things to do it. And and all through the way, I've noticed one similarity throughout 95, 97% of all attorneys, private and public, prosecutor, defender, uh, they, they don't see any relevance between truth and justice. The two things are totally <laughs> separate to them. Yep. And yep. it's... That's a heck of a system we have, isn't it? Where justice, where the nine, because it should be the truth. It, it should, well, yeah. should be interesting, but that... Nobody yeah, seems to care about what they say. The truth will set you free, right? But we all yeah. know that that's just Jesus when he comes back. The truth is going to set us free. Yeah, well, that's we're, we're we, run on the world standards. Well, we we talk about that a lot, uh, you know, on, on the show and uh, other shows that I'm on. And you know, this is a spiritual battle. And uh, clearly, I, I don't, I don't want to give you guys no hope, but you know what it's like. You're you're in there personally dealing with this this absurd injustice system. But uh, I I think at this point we have to turn to God because I. I think our corruption is so intense from top to bottom that I don't think anything on earth can overturn it at this point. I don't, I don't think it can. I think it would take agree. a supernatural. Yeah. It's, 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 and I think Eric's a lot like me, like we're hopeful, but at yes. the same time, I don't, uh, I'm I don't want to say I agree, yeah. but I do. I do. I yeah. agree. I don't think that we should stop fighting because I agree though. I think exactly. I yeah. think it is, it's, so the way I look at this whole situation, everything going on in our world today, I see it as birth pains and they're becoming yep. more intense and the relief yep. between the contractions is becoming more brief. We're, we're going to, our generation may well, may well witness the, 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 the second coming, the sun thing, you know, that the crowning and the sun being born and things are going to get more intense, but we stand up, we hold the line, we speak the truth. And we do all we can to preserve, to preserve that which is good and godly while we're here yep. until it gets back. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and standing and doing the right thing, knowing that by doing so and not taking a plea deal and because, you know, I'm not going to lie, number one, before God, number two, it, so many 
you know, uh, other people, I don't speak for them, but I can speak for me. My reasoning for not taking a plea deal is because uh, I'm not going to give them what they want. I'm not going to go along to get along. I'm not going to play that game. And, and freedom is worth standing for, even if that means years in prison away from my family. I'm a single mom of four daughters, all mixed. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, uh, it, it, I, they look up to me and they say, Mom, why would you take a plea deal and lie? You know, before God, like that, that, you know, I raised my daughters, right. They know the, the constitution, you know, all that kind of stuff. I, and I'm thankful for that. And so whatever other hell I have to go through, um, for freedom, for America, for my daughters, it, it, it'll suck, but it's worth it, you know, and especially oh, for all those who've come before us. Yeah. Well, you guys are both being commended for you because I, I can't tell you that I would do what you're doing. I mean, if I was facing 30 years and they offered me a plea deal for three months or six months, I, I don't know that I would have the courage because I, I would realize that I probably have no chance of not being convicted in these courtrooms, these kangaroo courtrooms, and you're not even really getting the defense. And what do you, and again, I, I'm not trying to, you already know all this, so I, I, I'm not, you know, filling you with pessimism, right. but, right. Uh, the, the, and we saw this in, recently in the one, the one official uh, that uh, that was tied to Hillary Clinton that was actually brought to trial, Michael Sussman, recently, and you know he was found not guilty. It was just almost impossible to do in a federal trial. The, the feds, I think, they get like a 95, 96% conviction rate. But uh, that, but it's because it's in Washington, D.C. Your trials would be in Washington, D.C. And how, how are you going to get a jury that's possibly going to be sympathetic to you or not even impartial to you? I mean, do you think about that? I'm sure you do. Yeah. Not gonna happen. It's an impossibility no. right now. Unless God intervenes in a drastic way, that's not gonna happen. Uh, and 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 that drastic way could just be grant starting to grant change of venue motions. But they're not gonna do that. No, absolutely. I'm, I'm not. gonna. I'm still gonna. Have, I'm still gonna file one. I can't yeah. believe I haven't yet. Right. And I've told my public defender to numerous times, and he just didn't. That's why we're just giving it two more weeks to see what this new public defender. I did. I will say, if they, he said he was going to give me a DC public defender, and if he gives me that one Kyle Pitt Simmons had, I might talk to her. But she's going to have to really be convincing. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's and again, it's the idea that. Uh, that this is not moving people in the country that nobody cares. And again, I think these hearings, I, I'm just shocked at that people aren't appalled by this, but it's, again, it's criticism at all. Again, Tucker Carlson is the only one in the mainstream media that has been critical of it. I, well, I guess maybe others have yeah, talked to but still, anytime Tucker Carlson mentions January 6th, he brings up Ashley Babbitt and he's like, it's the one death that occurred that day. And that's not true. Yes. It was Ashley yes. Babbitt. It was yeah. Roland Boylan. It was Kevin Greeson. Yep. And, yeah, uh, I, I didn't all even. All four know. of those I, I, people died as a result of, of excessive use under color of authority, of and it yeah. needs to be addressed. No, absolutely, and that's that's what. But it's, I don't know how you fight something like that when the narrative still. And again, some of these people were I, I thought were good people. They were supporters of mine, you know, friends, uh, online friends of mine, where they uh, they continue to just parrot these these lies. That uh, you know, five people died, or uh, officers died that day, and it's like, what? Not at the hands of protesters. What do you? But that some of them still repeat the ridiculous story about uh, was it Sickert? What are they? The, 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 with the, the uh, 
picnic, yeah, picnic with a fire extinguisher. I mean, it's how I mean, I, I don't know how you counter those kind. We I mean, we can do it here on platforms like this, but I, I can't right. compete with those kind of platforms. And and, that's, and that's there's kind of, even a a former Capitol police officer who's calling them out like you guys are lying that he's calling out officer Gunnell. He's trying to, he was, I saw him before I ever shared his stuff. And before he was like known, I saw him trying to talk to Julie Kelly and say this stuff. Like, like even those kind of people will not say, Hey, give him a platform. Let him speak. Yeah. He's asked to go on, uh, Fox News, all types of stuff. No, it just doesn't make sense to me. It, either side, they're Republican, Democrats. I'm telling you, some it's it's dirty, it stinks. But at the end of the day, it'll all be up to each individual person. You're going to be put in a situation, whether it's January 6th or some other thing, where you're going to have to stand up and you're going to be given a choice. Do you do you take uh, uh and kind of give in? Like even the mask. I didn't wear the mask. I didn't do that because I saw it as I, I'm not going to wear a mask. I, you know, I, I taught, you know, school and um, you, you'll be breathing in your own CO2. That's just like, it doesn't make any sense. Um, you're not going to force me to do that. And you better throw my butt in jail and like make me because um, I'm not going to. And people just, that's what they liked about Donald Trump at in the beginning is he spoke out on this stuff and he had that kind of a sense but but when it comes down to the everyday average person, a lot of times it just it's easier to roll over be, and go with the flow. Um, um, so uh, encourage people yeah, to because, speak up, do the right things. You know, don't get comfortable. Because this is what what you guys are going through. This is directly tied into the 2020 election, which is why you were there protesting in the first place. And that's why I think it's hilarious to listen to Republicans. Oh, the we're gonna, what we're going to do in the midterms. Well, Nothing has changed. Exactly. Nothing has changed. Right. Exactly. So, why would you think they'll be talking like like twenty twenty didn't even happen? Exactly. Right. There it doesn't make yeah. any sense to me. No. Yep. So, so for, if they were really concerned, but but it, you know, look at the way they behaved about that. Even beyond the J six stuff, uh, so many of them rolled over on that, and so Trump was kind of left out in the wind. You know, looking like a poor sport because so few of them. They said, no, it was an honest election. We got to certify the election. Everything. Nobody questioned it. And uh, that's, you know, I guess that goes to the heart of the system. I mean, how can anybody trust this system when clearly you saw what happened in, in 2020 where they had tons and tons of mail-in ballots and they starting in Pennsylvania, they just said, well, you know, you don't have to have a date on it anymore. You don't have to have a certified date on it. So you could send it in whenever. We need some votes over here, you know, send these mail-in ballots in. I mean, that that's that's you know invites fraud, but I don't see. And, and to Trump, the administration did actually try to take that one to the Supreme Court. But what happened? Amy Coney Barrett, who had just been appointed, she recused herself. So and that that's the problem. That's why I you know the Supreme Court's a wild card. Roe versus Wade, you know, was one decision, yeah. but some of their decisions have really been all over the place. So, but I I would think that that's maybe your best chance is to try to get. Uh, but again, you don't have any attorneys there that can try to get things together. And they really should have all these cases together. And you should go try to uh, submit a brief to the Supreme Court that this is all, first of all, denied due process. Even you guys, you're not in prison, but you're talking about a year and a half later. You've been denied a speedy trial. Yeah. And all the conditions of release that, I, that we're released on are them taking away 
individual certain constitutional rights right. for a set period of time, you know, pre-trial. We're not allowed to own firearms. We're, you know, we can't go into Washington, D.C. to go protest in front of the jail with our fellows about, okay. our, you know, about and you exercise our First Amendment right there. And that's our nation's capital because we're not allowed in D.C. Some people, they some of the defendants, they've made sign agreements to where they can't talk or communicate to other January 6th yeah. defendants. So, yeah. you, you know, you can't even figure out what's going on in other people's cases. And, yeah. it, and except for hearsay and third party. Yeah, because that's what you would need to. I mean, it's not a class action lawsuit, but you need that kind of uh, collective effort because yes. you're all being screwed. You're all being, and so if, if people, if you have some people, you know, going over and testifying that, yeah, I know I was wrong. This was horrible. You know, I, I was fooled by Trump or something. And that, that's, that messes with all your cases because it, then it yeah. makes it look like, well, you know, say, why haven't you repented? You know, right. like I said, mine and Victoria's experiences were so different and so many other people's there were what we actually need, right. To uncover what actually happened without the footage that they won't give us is a forensic analysis of eyewitness testimony, right? You take all the different eyewitness testimonies. What did you see? Where were you with when and as close as we can find it. And you can uncover the entire path of, of the Fed's direction by doing so. And just a little bit that we've been able to do through platforms that were just finally being let back on after, you know, a year and a half and not being allowed on them even we're already seeing it's quite clear, right? That there were a lot of shenanigans going on, that there were a lot of people within the crowd, that it is highly likely that some of those people would be intentionally arrested and gathered up with the rest to sort of so dissent. And this is how, this is how they operate. It's sick, it's ugly, and it's not right, but it, it is what it is. Yeah, no, it, it's, and I, I, I don't know what I could say to you guys other than the fact that I, I wish right. uh, I wish the ACLU was still was still what it was once. Uh, but you know they're not interested they're not interested in civil liberties anymore, which is an odd thing for the American Civil Liberties Union not to be interested in. But they they're just not, and they should be front and center in this. And the fact that you have even somebody like Jonathan Turley, you know, in D.C., who's kind of a civil libertarian. I mean, the people like that that are attorneys, I can't believe that. That none of them have stepped forward, but said the best you've, you know, Tucker Carlson, say what you want about him. Yeah, he's, you know, he only goes so far and he's on Fox News. So, you know, we can wonder about him there, but uh, I don't see anybody else with a public platform outside of maybe Alex Jones, you know, that that, that, that has been critical of this process. I mean, I, I, you know, the fact that these hearings have been testified nationally, uh, televised nationally, uh, they're going out, obviously, to people in every state. You know, we used to talk about jurisdictions, and I'm gonna we're gonna move this trial to another jurisdiction because my client can't get a fair trial in this jurisdiction. What jurisdiction could you guys get a fair trial in after these show trial hearings were on, where they've demonized all of you as insurgents or Nazis or white supremacists? I don't know what they're. I mean, this is uh, it's really. I think it's the biggest issue in America right now, and. Nobody's talking about it, but so you, unless I've missed it, do you hear any politics, any Republican candidates running or anything? Are they talking about it? No, no, I don't think that I, maybe if they're at a Trump rally and it, and it, you know, they know it might get mentioned 
Uh, I've, I've heard Trump mention it more than just recently at his rallies. I've heard him early on. He said something about pardoning people, right? But that's neither here nor there. Uh, it, that, that's what politicians do. They say they're going to do something, right? I don't. I'm not saying I'm yeah. not. I'm going to vote for Donald Trump, right? I'm going to vote for the man uh, because at the end of the day, his policies that he's putting forward are some that I agree with, and I'm not seeing anybody else that's going to run against him that. It's going to go up against the establishment, even if it's just pretend going up against the establishment. That still has woken up far more people to how corrupt the establishment is than Milton Cooper ever yeah, did. You're, you're right. He did. He did serve to bring the roaches out into the light, and more and more whether people know about it. Whether but, he's controlled opposition or not, he did do that. No, he did. He did do that. But uh, the, the problem is that uh, so many people hate him, and now you guys are associated with him. So all the people that have Trump derangement syndrome, they see you, you were there, I think if you were there for any other reason, then this would be a whole different story. But you were there because of Donald Trump, and this is all looked at as a Trump thing. And so, and, and I tried to, you know, to argue with people about that. I said, so what are you saying that 80 million people, because uh, that's basically what they think. If you voted, if you're dumb enough to vote for Trump, you you should have no rights. It's like, what? How could, you can't, I mean, that... <laughs> You can't have a country like that, but you saw that in Biden's speech the other day. Biden's speech basically said that, hey, you know, MAGA Republicans, we have to do something about them. So I don't know. Some of us, you know, I'm not a MAGA Republican, but I'm certainly uh, uh, critical of the other side. You know, I get, I get, people think I'm a Trump loyal. I'm a Trump agnostic. You know, I, I don't hate or love him. I, you know, I just, I, and I did throw a vote for him, but uh, that's because, I mean, if, if you're going to go through the, process of voting I, he's going to be on one side probably and you certainly can't vote for anybody on the other side so you have to i guess you know try to roll your dice but i i don't know it's just um what do you think about what i'm saying victoria again I've, I've, i don't know fully what to think i mean uh i i will never like denounce trump just because they want me to especially but at the same time I, I'm looking, my main focus is those men, even the evil Timothy Hale Cuccinelli, I've said it since day one, they should not be in there for, I mean, there's murderers that, that you know, get pre, to get released with conditions in bail, just like the, the Wisconsin dude. So you're telling me that, that, that everybody is okay with the January 6th political prisoners. I am not. And when you're okay, I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat, if you're okay with that, and because you don't like somebody, then what happens is it'll come around and it will bite you. Just um, who was it uh, from? Uh, I, I didn't speak up because I wasn't um, something. It was like 1940s uh, talking about communism. Um, oh, yeah. First, but, first they came for the liberals and they came yes, for the socialists. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. It, it's no different. And it, we see that in action right now. Like like they're laughing and taunting at what they call, you know, Trumpers or whatever because of our situation, but it's going to bite them in the butt because if it's happening to us and, and, and we're waking up and you're not taking this opportunity to work with us, it'll destroy us all. And, and we, everybody can expect something just like this to happen. Um, just look after January says what, who did they go for and try but actually, people actually spoke up. The parents. Remember the school board meetings? 
they went mm -hmm. to try to do the same thing that they did to us, but people were furious and they went too far. So they're, 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 they're not dumb. Like America's, uh, 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 I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat, our enemies are taking us out within and they're, they're just smart and their tactics are, are, you know, something that people just, they, I don't see how they can miss it, but, um, it's historic. They've done those things over and over. Well, I'm trying to keep up with the chat. Running. I mean, no, no, that, that's what you, you make. And uh, several people have said, Victoria, you're doing fine. And you're saying about that they, they love having you here and they're happy to have you here Thank too. You. Eric, Kevin Stanley. Good to see you. Riley, Stephanie Green. Somebody tipped me and I don't, I can't figure out who it is. Uh, my eyes aren't great without my glasses and maybe Tony can help me. <laughs> Whoever it was. Thank you. But, uh, but yeah, this is, I mean, this is, and this is, I've tried, you know, I've had a, another person on this show that uh, is really anonymous, is scared to give her identity because, uh, you know, unlike, and that's what I thought maybe Eric was to begin with too, because uh, she wasn't caught, thank goodness, but she was there. You know, she sent me video and pictures and everything. And I said, you know, you're really fortunate. But so it just, it's, I don't know how many others, uh, do, do you hear from people? Do you know other people that just got away and were lucky and, and weren't? identified or whatever well because i've like gone through and scraped and posted so much footage on social media i've had a couple yeah. people come to me that want to give me footage that they have or want to tell their account and say that they will and then don't get back to you you know yeah uh, so so they're like they, they're ready to take that next step but then they realize exactly what they're putting on the line and they're like maybe maybe not but and, and right. I totally understand. Yeah, I do too. I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, I certainly sympathize with her because, uh, you know, you, who wants to go through what you guys are going through? And uh, this is, and even worse, the people that have, uh, if they've been solitary confinement or beaten. I mean, it's just, yeah. I, I think what's going on now is one of the worst cases of injustice. And we've had a lot of, and I write about hidden history. And, uh, there's a lot of things out there that you would move, but this is very similar to what we saw during the Civil War when Lincoln rounded up, you know, 14,000. We don't know how many Northerners he rounded up and threw in makeshift prisons like that, and they just stayed there. And, uh, you know, but I don't, I don't know that they were treated, you know, they were solitary confinement, but it, that's the only situation I can think of that's similar to that. And I see Tony Arterburn's in there. Tony, what, what, what are you thinking of the conversation? Great show, Don. Do you want to join Great in? Guest. I'm looking for your your five dollar donation right now. I, I heard I heard you ask about it. And I was like, I didn't see that either. Oh yeah, I couldn't find it anywhere. <laughs> it's a very oh, active somebody. chat today. Yeah, I see. I very see a active people. chat. So it's taken me a while to go back through it. I thought Lisa Belanger would be in there, but I didn't see her because uh, she's she, certainly she's she's the one who got me Victoria and. Uh, Actually, I thought the uh, the anonymous Jay Sixer might be in there as well, but I didn't see her in there either. So, um, so Tony, you know, you're there, but for the grace of God, I mean, you know, people like you and I, I mean, we could it's, we, we could have conceivably been there that day, right? I mean, if, sure. if, if, I had if, friends that were there. I had yeah. people very close to me. I was on air that day uh, with one of the Proud Boys. That's a, not a big leader of the Proud yeah. Boys, but uh, somebody that I knew that had been on Infowars. And we did. We're broadcasting live. I mean, right, right after Ashley Babbitt was murdered, and uh, he was near the Capitol. wasn't in the Capitol. wasn't um, in the building or anything near the, the vicinity. But he, he uh, saw, you know, ground level what was happening. And 
uh, again, this is just, um, I think it's a signpost on the road ahead to dystopia when you, you have two different, maybe several different legal systems for different tiers of people. And uh, yeah. like you know, Don was saying, what, what's the ACLU doing? You know, where are they? You know, where, where are all these people that I heard of when I was growing yeah. up that sought justice and freedom of speech and freedom of assembly? And I just don't see that anymore. It's, it's really sad. And to know that I'm a veteran and I have um, friends that are in veteran cemeteries because they thought they were fighting for the Republic of the United States of America and constitutional liberties. And now, you know, I'm 42, almost 43 years old. And I go, well, how, what did I do? Well, what, what, what country am I living in? What is this where we don't have constitutional rights? I mean, I don't agree with the reason I wasn't at January 6th is because I didn't support Donald Trump anymore. Um, right. the, the debate on the election is an open debate. I, I got you on that. Um, I don't trust the deep state. I don't trust electronic voting. I don't care what type of machine yeah. it is. It's, it's rigged yeah. if it's electronic voting. So I agree with everyone on that. I just, uh, you know, I happen to agree with David Knight, you know, leading into stop the steal. Donald Trump raised a quarter of a, of a billion dollars. And where'd that money go? It didn't go to you guys. Didn't go to J6 defendants. It didn't go to stop the steal. Uh, it went to the Republican Party and went to Donald Trump. And it's a real shame that the people that were there to support him have been thrown under the bus. So that's my two cents with the argument. That's cool. I'm trying to get this chat. There's uh, so I got a message. I think the person. Oh, I was you got another. About... <laughs> you got another What's twenty. On, you got a, You got twenty dollars too. I'm trying to find it. The chat. The chat is really active today. It's has it has like yeah. least post in it. Who is tipping? I want to be able to think. Oh, I don't see that on mine yet. I don't see the other one. I'm trying to see if uh, Hollywood is there. Um, if she has a question, but I'm not seeing it because she said she's okay. in the chat room. It's just uh, Mark. It's Mark. To, Mark with a a dash tipped uh, five dollars. Okay, not the, big, not the biggest donation, Don, but I'm trying my best to support as many people doing good work. Hey, Mark, are you kidding? Are you kidding? I'm, that's amazing. I'm, I'm amazed that uh, you people are so generous. I'm trying to see. And I don't see she's in the chat, but I guess she's not chatting. Um, and it's Stephanie Green. says $10. Of course, Stephanie. Stephanie Green, God, God love you. She wrote a great review. Stephanie, I read your review of Hidden History Wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh, Mark says, Victoria gets it. If the general public don't figure out the predator class hates all of us, no matter political opinions, yep. we're all fooked. And that goes for the whole thing. That's, that's exactly the whole West. Yeah, it's uh, exactly what we'll figure out. I don't know who I see. Riley in there, John Henry, Jason Barker, Milburn Stone. Okay, Stephanie Green. Yeah, Stephanie Green. Tip, tip. Oh, Jason Barker tipped $10. Thank you. Jason Barker is very active in there. So thank you all very much for that. And thanks for being so involved in the chat. Sorry, I can't keep up with your questions. Kevin Stanley's in my other chat. He's saying he who ignores history is doomed to repeat it. Exactly. And that's what we're seeing right now. Yeah. If you, you guys are, uh, and, and we have ignored history because, you know, uh, Tony knows that I'm, I'm one of the few who've written critically about Abraham Lincoln, but this is exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. The only thing they haven't done, they haven't suspended the root of habeas corpus, but they might as well have yeah. for the people that are in prison because, or you guys as well. I mean, what, what does the constitution Tony say about a right to a speedy trial? You, you guys have been waiting for a year and a half and. Uh, yeah, that's 70 yeah. days, I think. Yeah. I mean, I guess considering what you may be up against, maybe, uh, you know, maybe you, you like the fact that maybe they'll just, maybe they'll just eventually forget about it. But uh, I, I don't, it's just amazing to me. This is a, this is a, 
a political issue that somebody should be able to run on. I mean, do, do, you re- do we really think a Republican candidate running on this issue would be should be wildly popular, right? If he's running on, yeah. you know, what are these show hearings going on? But I, I don't see any of them. Like you said, Marjorie Taylor Greene poses for pictures, but uh, I, I don't know. In uh, Kentucky, where, I don't know, Victoria, where are you at? You're, you're in Minnesota? Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, well, you're probably not good. I, I don't know what. Well, you have Dr. Scott Jensen there who's running for, you know, he's been on my show a couple of times. He's running for uh, oh, governor. Yeah. And he's he's yeah, one of the he's 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 really good on uh, at least about the uh, the COVID stuff and uh, the vaccines and everything. Uh, do you have any good candidates there in Kentucky, Eric? I mean, I think maybe someone could come out of Kentucky. Man, I'll, no, we got Mitch McConnell in one Senate seat, but coming up in November, we got Rand Paul, <laughs> of course, of course, Trump vaccine. Man, I don't just and particularly not like Rand Paul. I just. Like, I believe that there should be a certain amount of terms, maybe two, right, that you should run in a specific seat at least. And Rand Paul's had those two. As a matter of fact, I think he's had three. There was a woman running by the name of Val Fredrickson who had the same America First policies, the the same, you know, she was a a female version of Rand Paul pretty much. She was an outspoken doctor running on American first ticket and she just couldn't get the, the limelight. So Rand Paul goes on through another incumbent goes on in and uh, yeah. we need term limits on these people. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, 96% of them get reelected every election. It's a, it's, we have a, we have a lower turnover rate in our government than the Politburo did during the height of the Soviet yeah. Union. That ought to, that ought to make everyone pretty, you know, about as ashamed as you could possibly be. But uh, mm-hmm. so there's, I don't know what the point of voting is anymore, but I just I just feel awful for you guys being in this situation. And I, I guess the best we can do is hope that you keep not getting your right to a speedy trial because you're probably not going to get a fair trial. So at this point, maybe we can hope they just keep uh, dragging their feet for you know years and years and years. I, I, I because I don't know what they're planning to do with, with these show hearings, uh, but. It would be nice if they had somebody up there from the other side that would uh, testify and try to put another light on it. Is is anybody demanding that the fourteen thousand? Certainly, your attorneys weren't, but are any of the attorneys demanding that they uh, release the fourteen thousand hours of uh, video estimated from that day, which could probably show uh, a lot of the alleged crimes that were going on? Well, there are, there they are talk- some there are some that are, but they get shut down fairly quick with crazy excuses forever they kept saying that they had to get the database together right and then it was covid that while they had to do the our our status hearing delays and these constant delays at least in my case and my, my constitution right here says that state of emergencies are no are, are no ground for the government to waive habeas corpus right i don't i don't know which one they're reading but it's, it's not it's not the constitution because those are clear violations of it uh yeah why they still access don't won't give us access to it i can't tell you right because like i said a judge is strict first they were saying it was you have to sign this non-disclosure agreement because the location of capital cameras being made public puts the capital and the security in, at risk but a judge shot that down quickly saying they could just move the cameras but now it's a, it's it's literally a licensing agreement that you have to sign with a corporation if you finally get granted access to your discovery then that's just to that database right where exculpatory evidence is concerned depending on your individual case like mine would be 
because I had an interaction with Rept. I heard him say that there was a plan, and I saw him send provocateurs to that tunnel. You would think that anything that is in, within the deposition that he made to this January 6th committee would be exculpatory, at least in my case. But I've not been sent a single Brady letter in 17 months. Absolutely. Paul King is the missing. Uh, we, we've discovered Tony. Paul King from the UK uh, tipped $10. Thank you very much, Paul. And thanks for listening to the UK. So thanks, Don and Tony, for giving Victoria and Eric a platform. May it grow and grow. All the best from the UK. So you have fans over there as well, Victor. Go ahead, Victoria. Were you going to say something? Um, did they file actually, um, question to Eric, did they file any lawyers or attorneys actually file a motion to have it released or do they just talk about it? Well, or were, I, was I know Cynthia Price sent me copies of motions that her, her lawyer had, has filed here just recently within the past couple of days so that I can go through those and personalize them for myself. Because like my static, my, the, the, the Feretta motion hearing that we filed was today. This was mm -hmm. a couple of days ago I talked to Cynthia. And so we didn't know what was going to become of it, right? And, I mean, the judge just mm -hmm. loud wouldn't let me go pro se today, right? He was adamant on me at least trying one more public defender before I go pro se. So that's just... They don't I, They don't want that. I don't. No, they, they don't, don't want us having access to our, our own discovery. Right. Um, that's what I'm fighting with the prosecution with. He's like, no, you have to have standby counsel. Uh, what law... It, is there that states that I have to, there is no such thing. No. Uh, and, and isn't the burden of proof on the, on the prosecution. Uh, so if it, it is, you know, the, they're wasting the court's time really. Um, with their all burden of, of proof is in their stage yeah. footage that they're only going to give people access to. Or, or right. and even the the stuff that they won't release, but they pick and choose and release it to news media. But if you know, it doesn't make sense because if the Capitol was either it's all sensitive, and and under that, or it's not. But they they it it just doesn't apply to them. They release it whenever well, they want to. How bad does the system have to be for your best hope to be representing yourself so you can get the things you're entitled to get? Discovery. Right. I mean, that's. Right. What does the system come to when that's your best hope? It's, uh, it's just, right, uh, it's, because it's, it's the few lawyers that come forward and actually fight for us end up disbarred. Yeah. And that's no joke. <laughs> that's the truth. Well, that our, our friend Lisa Ballinger, she's in yeah. danger of, uh, yeah. of that. Yeah, so that's, I mean, this is, you know, it's incredible. Yeah, she's I mean, been extremely uh, helpful to me where she can be, right? Like, she's yeah. extremely careful because of bar, the Bar Association. Right. So she has to be extremely yes. careful. But where she has, she's been extremely helpful to me personally, at least within my case. Yes. And that's what a defense attorney should be. I mean, that's what, you know, I, I, I maybe I've watched too many reruns of Perry Mason, but, uh, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I'm just expecting these lawyers that will, you know, that will, will, will do their job because the law, you know, if, if you have a lawyer like that, even as corrupt as the system is, they can sometimes be so obvious that, you know, even a corrupt judge has to say, okay, well, you know, because you just have to know the law. But if you have these lawyers that all, all they're doing is spending a couple minutes with you and they're, they're just concerned about making a, a plea deal. Uh, that's, that's yeah. not justice, but I, well, we were almost out of time. I want to wind up, uh, Eric, you want to go first, just a final thoughts, anything, uh, you want to promote or anything out of it. And then we'll have to go to Victoria. Uh, 
no, no. I guess it's stophate.com. Stophate.com has lot, done, done a lot of good work and outreach for January 6th defendants. From the outside looking in, right? I'm not within their organization or anything, so anything could be a grift at this point. But they do have, like, all the defendants listed on their page. You see their photo. You can click the name and the photo, and you can see the status updates on their trial links to their Gibson Go accounts. If you want to, if you do want to give, give first through prayer. You know, second, if you if you want to give financially, go through and find a defendant that you want to support and support that defendant individually. Don't don't trust these big platforms trying to trying to bundle raise for defendants because the money exactly. ends up going to pay them more than it does to represent defendants. Yep. And they, they pick and choose defendants whose cases they know. The attorneys that they're forcing you to take to get their help only want yep. that, you know, that money. And they want it quick. And if they get a plea deal, they don't have to do any investigation. They don't have to do, more, you know, more than one quick hearing. And they come back for a sentencing hearing and they're done and they get their 50K, 200K, and they don't have to fight. So... Go find individuals and support them individually. There, there are a lot of people out there that have lost businesses over this and and, and yeah. wives and, yeah. and families torn apart. Find those people and help yeah. them. Yeah, I, then, I agree. Yeah, and whether you... And even though voting is rigged, right, even though it's a rigged system, participate, overwhelm it, flood it, right? Use your... your your application to be a poll worker, poll watcher, whatever it is, as, as a phone call on a call flutter and just break their fraudulent systems. It's it's really a ditch effort, but it's the only last ditch effort we have that's legal. Wise words, Eric. Victoria, go ahead. Um, I want to thank you, Don, for having um, us on that's and talking pleasure. about this. Um, and I just want to um, ask that everyone, um, if you feel led, please, the one thing most important, speak up. Uh, let your representatives, people, this is the perfect season. I don't believe in voting anymore. It's out the window. But it's a perfect season and perfect time. Take advantage and say, if you want to run, do. what do you think about January 6th and the fact there's political prisoners? I want those guys out. They, you know, me personally, they, they're being abused. Um, it's it's not okay. Um, they're, they're my main um, focus, not even my own criminal stuff. I forget my stuff. Uh, those guys shouldn't be in there, period. And a lot of them are uh, former um, military. So um, they served our country and were willing to die for it. Um, this is this is a disgrace. Yeah, it is absolutely a disgrace. And I, I can't you know, tell you how my wishes and thoughts and prayers are with you. And I'm sure Tony and the, and the audience feels the same way. All the comments in the chat room. Uh, we're all rooting for you. We know what you're up against. And uh, I appreciate you, have, appreciate you having the courage to come out because you did nothing wrong at all. You uh, exercised your constitutional rights. Or, uh, really, you shouldn't even be paying a fine. But uh, the idea that this overhanded, this heavy-handed treatment is going on is just, is a disgrace. So I want to thank both of you and, and keep in touch with me and give me updates so I know and we'll talk about it. Okay. So I wish the best of both of you. God bless you. And uh, thanks everyone today for listening for I protest. Thanks, thanks for the chat. Thanks for the tips and everything. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week this time on I protest. Thank you. Thank you.
this. Thank you. 